Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Welcome everyone. Um, so excited to be here. Um, our sutra tonight, Sutra 3.18, has a very uh, clear and crisp takeaway that I hope we'll all enjoy bringing into our lives in the coming week. Um, and it's based on really tapping into and staying connected with uh, Shiva or the, the, the flow of, of Shiva's Shakti while we navigate our lives and it teaches us that when we're able to do that we start to find the freedom that we're seeking uh, specifically the freedom from our karma freedom from the repetition of our karma the births and rebirths um, that come with repeating the same actions over and over so uh, it's a sort of a, a, a large scope uh, the sutra is large in scope it really calls upon three, four, five uh, sutras preceding it. It feels like a synthesizing sutra. Um, and so I'll be excited to work on that with you all um, and meditate on it as well. Welcome, Arjun. So I'm going to pass it over to Abaya, and uh, we'll get grounded in our seat and in our bodies and in our breath. So take a moment to close the eyes if that feels comfortable or you can just gaze at a single point ahead and let your focus start to sink inside. Start to feel the breath flow and maybe it was a big effort to get here and you can feel your breath starting to catch. Take a moment to just naturally slow the breath down just by relaxing more, not by constricting or constraining, but really by settling and releasing. And start to notice how the breath contacts your inner space. of your physical body. And experiment with feeling the intersection between the breath and the edges of the body as you gently start to shift the weight in your seat just to right and then left. And notice how this additional facet might help focus you more into your seat, feeling the breath repeatedly in your physical form. And you have to stay present as the body ever so subtly tilts from side to side. So as you gently breathe and shift Give yourself a little bit of freedom. And so maybe that means moving in a circle or tilting a little bit more or slowing down, but just make a choice to move in a way that feels fluid and effortless and really sweet. melting away any tension in the physical body so that you can settle more into inner stillness and we'll start to do that by just letting the movements get smaller and smaller but without rushing 
just knowing that you'll eventually settle at this perfect balance point inside and out. eventually find that still point. Notice the breath. And just notice if the edges of the body feel a little softer, less constraining. And we'll attempt to stay in this place of inner focus as we start to dive into the sutra. We can work with the Sanskrit right away. Vidya Vinashe Janma Vinasha Vidya Vinashe Janma Vinasha We can sort of put it together. Vidya Vinashe Janma Vinasha has, It has a real um, melody to it. You try it on your own. So we see the word vidya. We've seen that before. Vidya is uh, pure knowledge. It's the knowledge of your spiritual path. Um, and we see in the sutra that janma is referring to birth, birth and death, like the rebirth cycle of samsara. Um, and then we see a word vinashe and vinasha, which you can, you're like, oh, those look like the same word. And you can see in the translation, they, they roughly are. Um, you can see it says, when knowledge of the self, which is vidya, is permanently established, then birth and death, which is janma, is gone forever, which is permanently de-established, right? Vidya vinashe, janma vinasha. So in this sutra, we have a bit of a metaphor, one of those permeating metaphors, which makes, I think, makes it, you know, easy to like put into practice and remember. And uh, it's, it's that of like sailing a ship. Um, and even though none of us maybe have, a, we might not have a direct experience sailing or surfing or of these, you know, these metaphors that often come up, we all sort of know about the feeling of it. And I'm sure many lifetimes ago, we all did it. Um, but we see that there's a current, there's a current running through our lives. There's a wind above us. There's a current in the water below us in every arena of our life. And that this current is constantly unfolding our reality right in front of us. Not only right in front of us, but right within us we're unfolding with it. This current in the text is referred to as Svatantriya Shakti. Svatantriya Shakti we've seen in previous sutras is described really as the energy of all manifestation that's occurring in this singular moment. And so this Svatantriya Shakti is the energy of Shiva manifesting as reality in, this, in all these infinite forms. We've often looked at this uh, description of manifestation in the form of a map called the Tatvik map of creation, which is outlined in numerous Kashmir Shaivite texts. Um, you don't have to be able to see all this. It's not about seeing it, but it, you, we've looked at it a lot. And for anyone who's new, the, the idea is that Shiva's right there at the top, dancing away, Shiva and Shakti. Um, and that they're sort of like, almost like it's on the singular point and then almost like a river running down a mountain, this Shakti runs down and creates all of reality, getting wider and wider and wider as it makes its way down this mountain. Um, and on the way, you know, we have the, the very first thing that's created is, is this feeling, this urge. Then there's a thought, and then there's an action, and then there's manifestation. And in our own lives, it's actually how it plays out quite a bit. You have an urge, it occurs to you as a thought, and then you pursue it, and you create a reality out of that one thing. So this topic map is sort of like a map that 
the yogis used to describe manifestation. And always at the top of it is a singular point of Shiva. And this river is sort of what we're focusing on in this sutra. This river of Shakti has a real pulse. It's very powerful. And so we'll see in the next sutra, uh, this is going to be outlined even more precisely because we get into the nitty gritty of it. Um, and so just a little preview of the next sutra helps uh, just give a little perspective on, on this process for us. Hey, Murali, it's good to see you. Would you mind reading this next um, slide for us? <clears throat> when Lord Shiva desires to manifest himself in this world, then Svatantriya Shakti is transformed into the energy of will, Icha Shakti. Then that energy of will is transformed into the knowledge, Jnana Shakti, and that energy of knowledge becomes, becomes the energy of action, Kriya Shakti. Thanks, Raleigh. So again, we're going to look at this in detail. This is from the very next sutra that we're going to do, but I thought it was just helpful to outline um, this unfolding process that creates this, it sort of creates the current of the reality that we're in. We're sort of like downriver. And when you put your, you know, your, your foot in the river, you're like, whoa, that's strong current. Like that's where we're at. You know, we're like in the current. And so this map that we are referring to here is really only like half of the uh, picture because how much can you really know about a river by looking at a map? And for those of you who are really into maps, I think David Nanda is really into maps. And I, I would agree with her in saying, you can know a lot about a river <laughs> by looking at a map, a tremendous amount, in fact. And the idea of going down a river without a map seems pretty perilous. So maps are great. Maps are essential, right? But could you imagine um, like your captain being like, I've never actually gone down a river. I've only looked at maps. And you'd be like terrified. <laughs> um, so that is sort of how the yogis uh, all look at this balance of uh, knowledge and, and practice. Um, our philosophical pursuits, they, they keep us pointed in the right direction. They help us know obstacles that are going to come up. They help us work with those obstacles. But there's absolutely no replacement for, and this, uh, this has actually been the focus of the last few sutras, there's no replacement for the actual experience. In fact, as we saw in the last few sutras, the revelation we're seeking can only be derived from the experience. No one can tell you what Shiva is where Shiva is, or exactly how to be in touch with Shiva. It's a completely, as Lakshmanju puts it, subjective or personal experience that is literally unexplainable to another person. Yet here we are, right? Working on it. Um, so it's just half the picture is what that means. It's half the experience. Because as we see in uh, this sutra, in the notes from Jayadeva Singh, he says, uh, Shiva is a moving target. Um, he says, taking Shiva as an object is also ignorance. He says, this mentality has also to be given up. Shiva is the eternal subject and should not be considered to be an object. Subject and object can sometimes get a little confusing, but the basic idea is something we actually talk about a lot. Um, when we talk about really connecting with the teacher um, for example, with Babaji, uh, Babaji is constantly growing in his spiritual practice, and therefore he is constantly um, evolving. And we've heard this many times and in many different settings that um, he, you can't connect with Babaji the exact way you connected last year or last intensive or last Monday night. You got to always be finding, finding that connection. And it's the same with our own heart and with our personal practice. There's aphorisms that, that tell us this, that we're all aware of. 500 BC, in fact, uh, you know, you've all heard this one um, from our old friend Heraclitus. 
no one ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same person and it's not the same river. So this sutra presents us with a goal, and then it presents us with uh, almost like not an obstacle, but like it's saying like, don't pursue it in this manner, you won't get there. Um, it's saying the goal is to connect with Shiva, to stay connected with the Shiva as we move through our lives. But it's telling us right off the bat, mm, don't think of it like an object or a, a way of doing it, a certain type of practice. It's something finer, it's something subtler. And what we've seen in the last few sutras, which has been really just oh it's been really the focus uh so much is this idea of continuation being uh one of our most powerful methods of connecting meaning that when you can do your practice with some type of continuity things start to happen continuity has over the last few sutras become very paramount if you remember continuity was the way that we actually um magnified shiva uh, from a few sutras or sutras ago, it was saying that if you can stay continuous in your practice, then you go to the subtler level. But if your practice is always, if you, you know, if your mind's just constantly drifting and coming back, then you sort of stay at that superficial level until you can string a few mantras together, string a few breaths together, and you start to go in. And so we saw this in numerous sutras. This, these two quotes about con continuation are from this sutra. And then in previous sutras, just to sort of capitalize on the concept, um, Arjun, would you mind unmuting and reading for us? Just read through those two. Sure. This yogi has to put their mind and intellect on that point again and again without any pause and continuity. And this is a great task for such a yogi because for the, rem for the remainder of his life, he has to remain absolutely active to realize the truth of reality again and again, again and again, so that in the end, he becomes one with Shiva. Thanks. Continuity, repetition, effort over time. We all know these are the foundations. These are the bedrocks of what make a practitioner a practitioner. And the sutras uh, remind us of that every, every turn. Um, and in this very sutra, just to bring this concept sort of to a point, um, we see this concept reiterated in a very specific way that has to do with the, this sutra's goals. Nanda Devi, welcome. Would you want to read this one for us? I'm so sorry. I'm just on a phone. Oh. I can't see. Oh, no, I totally phone. understand. Eldo's in the house, everybody. Eldo's in the house. Can you guys read for us, Eldo? I know, unless it's complicated, because I know the setups are hard in group settings. When this pure knowledge of consciousness is established in continuity, then birth, janma, is gone forever. For him, there is no more birth, and there is also no more death. What is the cause of birth, janma? Action attached with ignorance is the cause of birth. That action creates the organs, the body, and all its limbs. Therefore, when that action, which is the cause, ends, then the effect being created and being born also ceases to exist. Take a moment to reflect there. Action attached with ignorance is the cause of birth, rebirth, or karma, you know, however you want to interpret it exactly. So instead of just, uh, you know, moving the furniture around, trying to fix the, uh, the feeling that we might have inside, it's saying, uh, look at the actual motivation you're moving through your life with. Remember that 
that urge becomes a thought, that thought becomes an action. So if you're able to actually sort of walk up the tattvas towards Shiva, if you're able to swim, swim up and, and stay in touch with that, that inner feeling, that inner urge, if you can stay in touch with that while you perform an action, that could change a lot. That could change a lot in your life. We, we see some very big promises from the sutra about what that can change. And we've seen them in previous sutras about how it can give you actual control over your life. Not the kind of control we think of at first, but it's sort of like if you're really paying attention to the current while you're navigating your ship, if you are, as Paul Rep says, moving with, not against the harmony, your experience of that river is very different, right? Moving with the river, moving with the flow, it doesn't mean you don't get to where you want to go. Like that's what the mind is always going to tell us. Oh, it, it's, an all, it's always all or nothing with the mind. It's either like, I'll just throw the oars over and just lay down in your boat and just see where you end up, right? That's going with the flow. It's like, no, uh, you know, we're, we're, that's, not, that's not us. You know, it's about if you're a good navigator, it's not just because you can drop your motor down in the back and go wherever you want, whenever you want. You know, we, we keep hearing like, that's not freedom according to yoga. Freedom is when you can, really stay in touch stay in touch with the current while you're going and what does babaji see he says it's it shows you what's possible i didn't you don't know what's possible until you sort of feel a little bit and you move from that space there are so many examples of this that could occur for you on a daily basis it's literally infinite it's literally endless um I compel you, I, I put it in your, in your court to simply uh, take a moment to, to feel. In fact, let's just, let's just do it right now. Take a moment and yeah, feel, you know, go ahead and move a little bit in your seat. You know, imagine yourself in a really like a big, you know, a pool with a pretty strong current. Let your spine move, but feel it's fluid. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then just let that current sort of subside. I know we do this a lot together, but it's the, it's the subsiding where all the actual continuation takes place. That's where you really get focused. Don't just stop all at once, but let that current just sort of slow down. Really let it take its time so that you actually, you actually arrive at stillness very gradually. It's that gradualness that we're seeking. And when you do arrive there, Notice the current that is flowing through you, whether it's in the form of your heart beating and your blood flow, or it's in the form of your lungs breathing. Reality is unfolding through you in this very moment for each of us. As we sit to meditate each day, it's a time we spend literally just trying to get in touch with this current
to be in touch with this current requires practice. It even requires tools. And so you can begin by just smoothing out the breath a little bit, making it even. And using effort, you know, imagine paddling your canoe here, like you really are. You're paddling the canoe. You are lengthening out the breath, just like the stroke of a paddle. Your strokes are nice and even and smooth. It's like you're paddling silently. And here we start to see the non-dual nature of our practice. It's not all or nothing. It's very much experiential. It's happening right now. As you smooth out the breath, you're not blind to the needs of the body. You are breathing with it. It might not be a perfectly natural breath. There's definitely some effort, some will. And we need that at first. but feel within that a connection to the river of your breath at the same time as you paddle. The breath flow is the current itself, and you're trying to paddle with it. You can bring the mantra hum to the inhale, sa to the exhale. Let the mantra follow the breath's current.
if you feel yourself able to paddle with the breath consistently in continuation. Experiment with loosening your grip on the paddle. Letting yourself simply float down the river with the current, observing your breath. Let yourself deeply relax as if you were on a calm, peaceful river and you really just wanted to absorb it. As thoughts or tensions arise, you can imagine those are just times when you lost the current and got stuck on the side of the river. Take a slightly deeper breath, just like pushing off the riverbank. Paddle a few times with focused effort, breathing just a little deeper than normal. And then start to try to find that current again. Staying in the current is the practice of continuity. This is literally our only job in this moment.
you can feel how Shiva is a moving current, a moving target. Stay in touch with your breath. You have to stay fluid. This is a personal experience. Each one of us is navigating our own experience of Shiva. Each one of us running up against the bank. Each one of us pushing back into the center of the river. Each one of us finding it. And for the last minute, allow the eyes to open, but keep your gaze low. And just tune into your state of being. If you remember from a couple of sutras ago, we were told The revealed is not the state which we seek. The state we seek is the revealer. And that this is you in the current. This is you feeling Shiva. As we also learned from many last sutra or two, it can look a thousand different ways. You don't have to be sitting in meditation. But there's a connection you have to make inside. And that connection reveals everything. It reveals what we're seeking. So if we can maintain this connection while we move through our life, of course, that is, has been and always will be our, our goal. And according to this sutra, that is how we attain freedom from our karma from birth and death. And so I'd like to just take a a couple minutes right now before we say anything to do a little bit of 
uh, free writing from the heart as we've been doing every class. Um, if you don't have a pen and paper, um, then write a key word or two in the air. <laughs> but just like Paul Reps probably would have had you do. Um, but the idea here is to maintain a connection to the revealer, the state of being that you're in, to be in the middle of this river and to simply write about it. Don't write about it from the riverbank. Write about it from the river. Stay in this state and simply write. Start to let the urge become a thought, become a word. I'll take a couple minutes for this. In case you need a little assistance, start with a key word. Write a word that encapsulates your experience. And then describe how you got there. And as we bring this little part of the class, this little minute or two to a close, drop a keyword into the chat box. And I can type for those who are in this room. Saturated expansive, blurry edges, dissolving, wordless, flowing, ungrasped, clear, full, peaceful. Anyone else? You have a word? Yeah, just a keyword. Melody. Got it. vastness, extinguished surrender. <clears throat> and float from here. Now, I, I think what I'm really excited about with this sutra is how uh, how it's meant to be put into practice. <clears throat> For example, uh, it says, we read this action attached with ignorance is the cause of birth. So that means to do this, to practice the sutra, you have to practice doing actions without ignorance, actions with 
with a awareness and and that's how this whole process gets going and this is isn't just something for like a really special occasion i mean sometimes just turning inside and feeling that you're thirsty is a revelation because down the road you're going to be dehydrated and suffer you know that can't talk about that without wanting to take a drink but the idea is that this isn't just about the big stuff this is a pretty this is a very very real thing that you can do so is is anyone willing to uh elaborate a little bit on their keyword I don't want to call on anyone per se because I never know how everybody's feeling individually. But does anyone want to elaborate on their keyword a little or have a question or a comment? This could be your chance to perform an action with awareness. All you have to do is feel in your heart while you talk. Yogita. <clears throat> I feel peace, calm as I float down the river and watch the animals run on the bank. <laughs> Thank you. Sounds like a, a haiku. Ita, go ahead. The, my word was expansiveness, but more importantly for me were the was the phrase blurry edges. And uh, a little bit of a long story. Several weeks ago, Bob made the comment about he was experiencing uh, he was using the analogy of ice cubes and water and how the ice cubish ice cube became more waterish than ice cubey. And so I've been kind of playing with that uh, in my own meditation. And I was surprised to discover how attached to my mind and because I'm not very attached to the roles I've had in life, but I was really surprised to have been trying to become more, uh, let this bit. So that's the, where the blurry edges have come from. Hmm. And it broke up just a little bit in there for us. And so what I was taking away from that towards the end was it's surprising, though you may not be attached to the roles that you play, you feel like how, how deeply attached we are without even knowing it uh, to just the mind in general, to the thoughts of the mind. Did I hear that correctly? And my body, both of those. That was a real surprise. Hmm. You know that we've all talked about the little aphorism about the raindrop. I'm a raindrop. I'm a raindrop. Oh, I'm the water. Right. And intellectually, that's like, oh yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, and I can go intellectually. I'm the raindrop. I'm the raindrop. Nope, I'm the ocean. And then, and I really tried that. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be the raindrop. Period. Hmm. They're letting that land. 
Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I am the raindrop, I am the raindrop is what I know. And then the idea of I am the ocean, I feel like is referring to that state of being that really doesn't say I am. You know, it's like we say I, to finish the aphorism, if that's the right word, I can't remember if I heard the right, to finish the, you know, the saying, you have to say, oh, I am the ocean, but in reality, I don't know if it's like, and so, yeah, when we realize that we're seeking and an, we get, we get so much of our daily, uh, what would appear to be nourishment from I am the raindrop sentiments, we just sort of live off of that. And then when we, when we have a taste of I am the ocean, and it's like such a different experience it it almost feels like how can like how paul rep said something one time about like like pot like pausing is like taking a vitamin the size of an elephant it's like such a big experience you're like how can i be that you know and there really is no way for the mind to be it it doesn't seem like it can fit through that small of an opening And so it's cool, like you're like the 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 startling aspect of the that realization was really that struck me. Yeah, I had a feeling when I was floating down the river with everybody that like this is this takes a while. Like you have to really be willing for it to like you have to be willing to not just be like, okay, I found the current. It's like you have to be willing to really like stay in it for like a long time to for that I am the ocean level of experience to actually wash over you go ahead and the other part of that continuing with what we were just saying is if i understand this sutra no as i understand the sutra the realized self or shiva is the subject it's not an object and so moving with the current and feeling the current the current if we become the current we're no longer, we're become the subject and there's no difference between me and the current. Am I me? That's definitely, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm at with it too. That sounds right to me. And it's easier to feel separate. I mean, to float with the current, but if you're moving with it, I am not, I'm still, there's that subject object uh, differential. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't really I wonder, you know, what it's like to be at that at that level, you know, where you really are the current consciously. Yeah. You know, I think the only way that we normally relate to that is like close your eyes, lay back and see where you land. Now I'm the current and it's like we know that's not it. So it's something so it's something it, it it's as conscious it's as awake as we look around our life right now, but somehow enmeshed in an experience that we might only associate with like deep sleep, like just like an energetic quality that's so not what we associate with our waking life. And in this sutra, it does talk about the three states. And it talks about when you can see beyond the three states of waking, dreaming, and dreamless sleep you know that's also a way of saying like really recognizing shiva and everything but it, it, it does mention the three states in in that way it's like trying to like say it it is a it is a waking state it is also a dreaming state it's also a dreamless state it's like it's all it's all the aspects you associate with like being but from this conscious conscious place yeah, so I don't know. I want. I look forward. I hope one of us <laughs> has that experience this week, um, because I did want to say that I really I would um, when I'm looking at these classes uh, in like a format wise is you notice that we did a longer meditation tonight, so I'm shooting for like a 20 minute meditation in these classes because I'm realizing like that's where the transformation is, right? Um, and for many of us, this is our evening practice, right? I mean. You know, so it's like, 
I want to do longer meditations with everyone and then allow like Marco Polo to be a place where we can actually like have a discussion. Um, that's up to all of us as a group, of course, you know, not, not everybody's not everybody's favorite format, you know, looking at yourself while you talk. I know how it is. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, I do see it as a long term, a more uh, productive use of each of our times as practitioners. So. Any any last comments or questions, Bob? Um, go for it and make sure that's on. And then, can you hear Bob when he talks? Hello, can you hear me? All right. Okay. When you were talking about um, Gita, the uh, it's it's a big shock to go from I am the raindrop to I am the ocean. Try. Try saying it to yourself, but don't use the words I or M. Just go from one to the other. It's a lot less of a shock, and you can actually feel just expansive without having to worry about who it is that's being expansive. Thank you for uh, bringing that to my attention. Well, that seems like a perfect note to end the class on. Um, again, hope um, that all of you can bring this into your daily life. Um, it's not just for when you're meditating. At any point in time, I find it to be in the in just the quiet in between moments to just tell yourself there's a current running through this reality. There really is. It's happening right now. I can either choose to feel it and start to move with it. I don't know what that's going to look like or feel like, right? You know, or I can just park my boat on the riverbank and do whatever I'm going to do. So it's like we have that choice and it's a dynamic, interesting path to find that current. Um, and so I hope we can all share a little bit about how that goes in our life, small or large, on Marco Polo, and uh, check back in with each other throughout the week. So, Namaste, everyone. Thank you all so much. Jay Sri Ram Sitaram Jay Jay Sri Ram Sitaram Jay Jay Sri Ram Sitaram Jay Jay Sri Ram Sitaram